0: Welcome to FranPath Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam
1: Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie, And together we are FranPath Consulting. Hey, Sierra, how are you?
0: Happy Monday, Samantha. I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. I'm excited to be podcasting with you today because we've been talking a lot about industry at large lately on our check-in calls and kind of talking about how things are shifting, but some perceptions are staying the same. And one of them is food. You and I hear a lot about food, 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 and how people have such a negative view of that.
0: Yeah. I definitely think, you know, clients come in with strong opinions one way or the other about it more than any other category that we work with clients on. And, What else is better to consider in food than ice cream? I'm excited to talk about this today. And we've both had the luxury of tasting this ice cream, so that helps too.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know, the brand that we're going to bring on today is really exciting for a few reasons. I think we don't have to contend with all the waste that you typically get with food. You don't have the grease, the grills, the fryers, all the different things that you have to work with. The smell of a French fry, you know, coming home, I was a waitress when I was in high school at a restaurant called the Chuck Wagon Cafe. And I came home smelling like the Chuck Wagon Cafe all of the time. So the exciting thing about ice cream is that everybody loves it. Ice cream, you scream. We all scream for ice cream for sure. So without further ado, I am so excited to introduce our guest today. We have Chad Hartley from Stella's Ice Cream, one of our new favorite brands in our portfolio, incredibly tasty and incredibly profitable. Thanks for joining us today, Chad. Thank you so much for having me on. appreciate it.
0: Well, thanks for joining us. We're excited to talk ice cream. Sam and I, we love our ice cream, and we love this brand, and we've had many clients fall in love with this brand. So excited to kick into to the details with you today. But before we do any of that, we'd love for you to share with our audience your background, how you got here. What a dream job to have. Yeah. So what's your background? How did you find yourself as you know the king of ice cream? We'd love to hear your story and journey <laughs> on how you got here.
2: Yeah, it's kind of a crazy story. And quite honestly, not exactly where I expected to be at this stage in my life. Um, I actually went to school to be a paramedic and a firefighter. So that's what I did out of uh, college. I was a paramedic for about seven or eight years, rode the ambulance, uh, saw a lot of things that typically, you know, aren't the happiest day of people's life when the ambulance shows up, actually, probably the worst day of their life. Um, So that kind of played a toll on my I don't know, mental psyche and just seeing that every single day and just being away from home late nights, always having to work holidays, that sort of thing. So I gave that up and I started uh, another business Um, while I was going to college, actually fixed computers and cell phones to make extra money to pay for school. And that was the only skill other than being a paramedic that I had at the time. And so I decided to make a business of it Um, quickly that snowballed into from one little tiny repair shop into 13 stores across the Pacific Northwest. Uh, Did that for about three or four years and had the opportunity to sell that business. Uh, Was very, very successful, had a seven figure exit. Um, And that kinda led me into what I am today in that after we sold that business, me and my wife, we got to travel the world. Um, Probably the best year of our life where I didn't work. We just traveled over and over again. And of course we ended up in Italy and had all of the best gelato and pastries and anything that you can imagine. Um, we were always that couple when we were first dating, and even with our young kids or whatever, that were always looking for the best ice cream shops and dessert shops. I have a sweet tooth by nature, so when we came back, I kind of said, tongue in cheek, "Oh, we should just, you know, start an ice cream shop and eat ice cream the rest of my life." And then I was like, "Well, hey, that's actually a pretty good idea." Like, is Is that a possibility? And so within literally two weeks, I had called up my buddy uh, that was a commercial real estate agent that had helped me on my last business. And in my hometown, there wasn't any homemade ice cream at all. There was your typical Baskin Robbins and your Dairy Queen and things like that, even some Cold Stone creamies, but not real homemade, super high quality ice cream. And so the next thing you know, I had signed a lease and had no idea what I was doing and just figured it out from there. And here we are almost six years later with you know five corporate stores and a whole bunch of franchisees getting ready to open. So, yeah, that's the story in a nutshell. There's a whole lot more detail to it, but uh, that's the simplified version.
0: I love the background you shared in the sense that y- we've got a lot of clients, potential you know, franchisees that listen to our podcast that are thinking, what is my next step? And what is my journey? Where am I going next? Yeah. And I think to hear a story like yours, you would have never pictured yourself here. Yeah. But now it's been wildly yeah. successful and very fulfilling to you and your family, which is fantastic. And you never know what the future holds, but how exciting just to, you were open for to sure. the possibility. You went for it and, and it played out.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, any, anybody that's looking into entrepreneurship in a franchise is kind of looking to get away maybe from the corporate rat race of life and being able to own something. Um, and there's a lot of fulfillment that can be found in just owning your own business, of course. You guys know that, obviously.
1: Well, nothing prepares you for business ownership like firefighting. So I mean I feel like that's really what we're doing a lot of the time. So I just told a client, I said, you know, there are days where I would sell you my business for a dollar and I would feel like I was getting away with murder. And then the very next day I would tell you it's priceless. So that's business ownership in a nutshell. But sure. you know, what you're doing is interesting because that path was definitely not linear, but you followed a passion. And yep. and you found your way to create this very, very profitable business sure. out of a passion and now sharing that with people. Yep. So can you talk a little bit? You know, you guys actually did some mentorship on the ice mm-hmm. cream side yep. because a lot of people that follow their passions, they're not necessarily making a lot of money. They're not necessarily creating a true business out of it. Yeah. So you're decision to franchising actually kind of came to you accidentally. Can you talk a little bit about your ice cream mentorship and some of what you did there with other business owners?
2: Yeah. I mean, quite frankly, my first year in business, uh, we did great as far as like the top line sales numbers. Uh, (laughs) And I got to the end of the year with my accountant and I was just looking at it and thinking, wow, that was a lot of work not to make. I mean, we did fine financially. But when I had come from owning my own business and making very good money to then owning this business where it's like, oh, oh, that's that's the reality of an ice cream shop. I said, no, 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 no. There has to be more to this. There has to be more profit. I mean, when you come to the ice cream shop and there's lines out the door during the summer, you probably, when you guys go to an ice cream shop thinking, oh my gosh, these guys are making money hand over fist, right? And that's what I thought too. But what they don't realize is... The winter maybe not so much. And what about the times when school's in session at one o'clock on a Tuesday in January, or it's a Monday, but obviously (laughs) it's not as busy. So after that first year, well not even first year, it was it was maybe three or four or six months in. I just really, really dove into how can we turn this into an actual super profitable business? And the things that were really plaguing us were cost of goods and labor. And For any small business, that's going to be the thing that's going to make or break you. And I just didn't know what I didn't know at the time um, that I was overpaying for a lot of my ingredients and that I had way too many people on staff. I didn't need three people in the afternoon when there was nobody coming, but I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what those cycles were of when customers were going to come in. Um, And so I really started dialing those things in and then quickly um, through social media or through friends or just people finding out about Stella's, um, people started calling me up and messaging me on Instagram and Facebook and being like, what are you doing that you're actually like making this work financially for you? (laughs) Because by that point, then we had already rolled out store number two, we were going to store number three and we were, we had, we had figured it out, um, And so then all of these people just started requesting, me, hey, help me open my ice cream shop, help me open my ice cream shop, or help me fix this problem in my current ice cream shop. And so out of, I don't want to say the goodness of my heart, but quite honestly, yeah, I was just helping people out. And to see them have success at fixing their payroll issues or fixing their cost of goods issues, like that actually made me happier than figuring it out for my own business. Anyway, so I, so I did consulting and I was like, I'm, I still am the ice cream in ice creams consulting people from all across the country call me up and ask for my advice, which I think is a super strange thing, but I spend almost all of my time doing that. Um, I don't necessarily work in my business per se anymore. I have an operations manager and a regional manager, and we have all of our managers for our individual stores in place. So that runs like a well-oiled machine, which is really, really nice. Um, But then it got me thinking, why am I doing this for independent shop owners while I have the complete plan, like, from start to finish, not just, like, these individual, you know, topics that I can help people with. And I had a lot of people coming in wanting to start their own ice cream shop, and they were just saying, just, can you just do this for me? Can I just pay you and just help me to the point, like, where you give me the keys? I'm like, well, I can do that, but... I mean, yeah, it's going to cost you essentially. And so that's kind of where the whole franchising thing came in is if I can just help somebody from day one, avoid all of the pitfalls and mistakes that I made my first year in business, they would actually have a chance to survive. And and not only that, but thrive during that period, as opposed to, you know, having to learn all of that on your own from day one, more than likely, you're probably not going to make it because you just don't know what you don't know. Um, so, we yeah. talk
0: about this all the time with our clients yeah. in the sense of what does a franchise model bring to the table? Yeah. And it's a plan, yep. it's a business strategy in a box ready for you. Yep. And Sam and I yep. both know we're business owners, and I have a couple of privately held businesses that I founded as well. It is a grind in the beginning, and you really don't know what you don't know, yeah. and it can take so much longer to find your rhythm and to hit that roi yep. and so for you you know that's really something we look for and our brands that we share with our clients is supportive franchisors that have such dialed in and proven systems and processes so to hear you say how much you care about that and care about the people in the system yeah i mean that's paramount we we look for that there's a lot of brands out there that somebody could consider they shouldn't consider all of them. But what you just said, I think is really key and something that we absolutely look for when we vet our brands and our portfolio for clients.
2: For sure. So, I mean, yeah, we're a, we're a brand new franchise. You know, we only have a couple of franchisees out there right now. But if I was to look across the country right now, there are literally hundreds of what I would call my people that I've mentored into opening up their ice cream shop. So it's, it's actually really unique because I can go to, I don't know, Texas or Florida or Chicago or wherever and I'd be like, oh, well. I know this guy and go to their ice cream shop, but now I want, you know, the Stella's brand on it and the entire package, not just maybe some help with, you know, menu pricing or whatever, but from A to B. Yep.
1: So when you say the Stella's brand, you know, we look at when we're evaluating brands for Mm -hmm. clients, we look at it from two standpoints. What's the differentiator? for the franchisee? Like what is going to make this? If there are three ice cream franchises that they can look at, mm-hmm. how does it stand out? But even more importantly, how do you differentiate for the customer? What makes them want to come into Stella's? So can you give us kind of on both sides of that ticket, Yeah, the differentiators?
2: Well, it's going to, for the franchisee, it's going to be really dependent on who you are and what you want out of a business. If you want to be creative and you like food and you like marketing and you like i don't know being involved in your local pta and you have kids in sports and all of those types of things this is perfect if you you know want to be able to like create your own flavors because that's one thing that we allow at still is is you get to actually make your own ice cream and create it
1: seriously it's- so cool yeah, which, <laughs> which is way, which is funny. different
2: than if you were like looking at Baskin Robbins and you're just like, okay, I'm just going to order from a food distributor and I get what I get. To me, that's kind of boring. So I'm kind of meshing both worlds of you have the desire to like run your own business and be creative, but also giving you a little bit of help on the back end so that you don't mess everything up. Um, so yeah, I'm going to hold your hand through it. But I also don't want to be so incredibly like, no, like, this is the way that it's done, so to speak. Um, because look, if you're in Georgia, like, I want you to use Georgia peaches. Now, peaches may not sell where I'm at. But that would be a great flavor down in Georgia or or, or whatever your local, um, you know, food scene is if you have something that that you cheese use. curd
1: ice cream here in wisconsin
0: Madison, wisconsin yeah. beer and cheese flavored ice cream let's do it you guys that says america's
1: dairy land on our license plates in wisconsin so
0: you know
2: what you can make a lot of really good ice cream using different types of cheese so ricotta <laughs> and even parmesan and you can use all types of stuff and it gives it just a little bit different i mean it's all dairy right so um depending on what your your desires are you can make anything you want so what we require are-
0: to about the 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 process of creating flavors I think something that Sam and I hear a lot are clients that are they're considering a franchise for the first time but yeah. they're wondering is it going to be like stepping into something like a baskin Robbins where your exact words are, you kind of get what you get and it's yeah. such a rigid process whereas, yeah. With you, you have it set up where the important things are set up with the process and helping them set themselves up for success on the back end and operational side. But you give them that creative freedom and outlet where they don't have to perfectly fit in the box. They can still bring their unique talents and interests to the table. And that's something we get asked about all the time. So super exciting for a brand like yours that you allow that creative flexibility and allow them to flex that creative muscle and, and bring something to the table in their stores that they see fit.
2: Yeah. Now, that being said, we do have like every single week we're sending you a new flavor. Hey, this is what we're doing. This is rolling out from a marketing perspective. Here's the recipe. Here's how to do it. Here's the training video. Like they'll get all of that. But at the same time is like, you know, here in Idaho, we have what's called huckleberries. Well, huckleberries aren't available all across the country. So you're probably not going to be rolling out your huckleberry ice cream the same time that we are. Now, if we can get your huckleberries, by all means, we'll, we'll get them to you but they're a lot better when they're freshly picked here in Idaho. So there's going to be certain situations. So we'll give you, if you need the framework, if you're like, well, I'm not that creative, just tell me what flavors to make. We'll we'll do that for you too, but you still have the ability if you want to, you know, when you get proficient at making your ice cream, it's, it's not as complicated as, as you may think. A lot of people are uh, really intimidated, but, even today we have a discovery day going on today and to see the people watch us make ice cream they're like, "Oh, that's a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. I I can do that." And they're they're more confident in that.
1: Um, and you guys are so much more than ice cream, right? From that yes. consumer standpoint. And I think that's what I really like for us living somewhere cold. You know, Idaho isn't exactly, you know, Florida. So yeah. I think when you're looking <laughs> at that, you do suffer from seasonality. For and sure. I love what you guys have done to combat seasonality. And it's not just an ice cream shop. Can you go into what else you guys offer at Stella's and how that really helps with that seasonality? Because For sure. I love that portion.
2: Yeah. So it's interesting because um, there's other things that you can sell at an ice cream shop and not just ice cream. So we also do fresh-made cookies and fresh-made brownies every single day. Um, and this kind of has... Two-fold reasons is number one, it increases your average ticket price, which is always great. But for me, when I eat ice cream, I don't eat ice cream plain. I always have it with like a bacon and I, I'm a sucker for brownies. Like brownies are my thing. So to be able to then put your ice cream on top of a brownie, on a warm brownie and whipped cream and sprinkles and chocolate sauce or whatever now your ticket went from, you know, $3.95 or whatever to all of a sudden like 7 and $8. So from a, you know, a franchisee perspective, like that's a lot better. Your margins are a lot better. Um, but we also do things like during the wintertime. wintertime, even though it's slower, obviously, um, you can still sell ice cream and you can still be profitable. If you're in some of those really cold New England states, they claim that they eat more ice cream during the winter than they do the summer. But um But yeah, we do things geared around the holidays. For instance, um, during Halloween season, we will do Halloween. Basically, it's a gift basket where it's two pints of ice cream and maybe a couple of cookies and some candies inside of um, like a Halloween bucket. And so then you sell that bucket as an item. And all of a sudden now you have this new item that you may not be selling a ton of ice cream, but you have this kind of cute to go thing that moms can order from their kids and take home and they can make a party out of it. Um, In the month of November, we're always doing, you know, Thanksgiving themed flavors like apple pie, pecan pie. Um, I mean, we've even done sweet potato ice cream, things like that. Christmas season is like the best flavor season because you got your eggnogs and you got your candy cane and, all types of just really good seasonal flavors. Um, January is a little bit more difficult. There's not a ton of things going on. <laughs> um, but then you hop into February and like this weekend, for instance, it's national ice cream for breakfast day. And so we open up early. we will rolling out all cereal based ice creams. We're actually going to have you at the ability to buy cereal at our shops and, um, so you can get a bowl of cereal or you can get a bowl of ice cream and either one works for us. So uh, come on in early and, and eat your ice cream. So there's things like that.
0: My kids aren't here, but they just both raised their hands and yeah. me up. <laughs> both of my children in the Mitchell household will be there if they could. That yeah. is awesome.
2: And then you roll right into Valentine's Day and we have Valentine's Day cakes and packages available. And then you're into spring and boom, you're off like gangbusters again, making a ton of money during the summer. So. There's always something to market during the year. It doesn't matter when it is. Um, We've actually had a tradition for the last five years of on Christmas Eve, making cinnamon rolls. And because every single one of our shops has an oven that they cook their cookies and their brownies. So we would do cinnamon rolls. And like last year we did over 5,000 cinnamon rolls. And it was like, we got to figure out a way to do this on a larger scale because we're not a bakery, wow. but an individual shop owner could very well do that. And we literally got emails being like, this is our family tradition for the last five years. And now you're not going to do it. And this year, we, we didn't do it because it was so massive in years past. Um, but I guarantee you, next year, we'll be back. And we're going to figure out a way that we can actually deliver on you know our promise of the best cinnamon rolls in the world. So anyway, things like that. There's other ways, other things to do other than just ice cream at an ice cream shop.
1: I, I think that's such a neat thing to kind of walk through, and it's always great to hear. And you can hear the passion in your voice. And I think <laughs> what franchisees or potential franchisees our clients, when they're in process, they can feel that. You know, if you have a yeah. brand like this, and there are definitely people that get excited like this that are founders of restoration <laughs> companies and you know pooper scooper companies and you name it, they're fired a up about
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: They were in my backyard today. I I don't think they looked happy. (laughs) (laughs) I totally agree. What kind of person succeeds as a Stella's franchisee? So what type of person Mm. do you guys want in that system? Who's successful as a Stella's franchisee boiled down to?
2: Man, that's a great question. But I I don't want to be stereotypical, but honestly, just really involve moms. Like, Like, honestly, this is a great mom business because they know everybody. They know the kids at school. They know their friends. They can just splash it on social media and bam, they have like instant customer base. Um, And honestly, like if you can kind of just like people who are natural uh, coaches, like if you're a coach, if you've ever coached like a soccer team or a basketball team or something like that. Um, it's the same thing because you have a group of like, you know, 12 to 18 high school college age kids, and you just kind of coach them up and tell them what they need to do. Now, even then, if you're not that person, hire a really, really good manager that is that person, which is what we've done at all of our stores. And, and that's like the person that just leads these kids. Now you need to, you need to be able to work with, um, high school and college age kids because that's typically what your employee is. Um, if you, if you don't have that ability, um, probably not a good fit for you unless you hire a really good manager and let them take care of that for you. Um, but just somebody who likes to be creative, who likes to get involved with your community. Community involvement is like number one for us. We're doing so many events in the community and giving back is massive for us too. We try to give back as much as we can. So, um, I don't know. I I really think that a lot of people fit the mold. Um. Because ice cream's not a hard sell. It's not some of your other businesses like restoration or plumbing or, or whatever. <laughs> like everybody's a customer, and I don't know that you can say that with a whole lot of other businesses. Ice cream kind of naturally sells itself as long as you pick a really you know, a, a good location where there's people and food. Like you're gonna sell ice cream. It's not. It's not a hard sell.
0: You know, in terms of Stella's, obviously you guys have had an immense amount of success just starting out even in franchising and, you know, your journey and consulting with other business owners and now pouring that back into yourself and the Stella's brand. Where do you see this going in the next five years? Will you see for Stella's what's to come?
2: Yeah, we get asked that quite a bit. Um, You know, a lot of franchisors have this grandiose idea of, oh, I want like a thousand locations across the country. I'll be honest. We don't want that. Uh, we want a really tight knit group of franchisees that we can share ideas with, and that we can grow the company kind of together and and glean ideas. Like we want other people in the room that are just as smart, or quite frankly, smarter than I am, so that they can help grow the business as well. And I don't want to say I want to make it an elite club by any means, but like we don't want it to be like a Cold Stone or a basket that there's one on every corner. We want it to kind of be unique in your territory, in your region, and kind of be the go-to place. So whether that's 50 or 500, I don't I don't really know what that number is. Um, but we, number one, don't want to oversaturate by any means or any stretch of the imagination. If I don't know the individual um, franchisee by name, that's, that's a problem with me. Um, I'm not going to be outsourcing a lot of things, uh, which may be to my own detriment, but um, i like to know every single person. Like if we don't have that communication and, and that trust with our franchisees, um, I, I'm, not, I'm not really interested in, in being a partner with them because quite frankly, like this is a community. This is a, it's a, it's a family. Um, we are super tight knit with all of our employees. We have close to hundred employees now. And that's just the way we want to keep it. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's not the answer that most people that's would, a would probably that, say, but yeah.
1: I think that's the answer that makes sense for the brand. And I think that's always the right answer. And yeah. I do think that, you know, at some point there is brand degradation. Yeah. If you are oversaturated and sure. to recognize that so early in the game. Yeah. Um, that you could lose what makes Stellas so special by having one on every single corner throughout the United States and saying not at the expense of the brand, yeah. is something that most franchisees would be incredibly happy to hear. Yeah. Now, we end this podcast with two questions, yes. every single time. Yeah. There, there are so many ways to grow a business. You were doing it one way. You've grown a business, had a successful exit, traveled the world, And then you said, okay, let's get into this passion business. You could have continued to grow by corporate units, right? You could have continued to saturate other markets that you were familiar with, that you wanted to be in, certainly. But you chose the franchise path. So for you, what is your personal compelling reason for being in the franchise space?
2: Uh, Honestly, I think it goes back to, to helping other people. So I don't, oh man, I don't want to get emotional about this, but um, one of the very first people mm-hmm. that I helped her start her own ice cream shop, and I'm not going to name her, so she'll get super embarrassed, but um, she was actually going through a divorce in the middle of me consulting with her, opening up her ice cream shop. I had no idea, no idea. And that's one of the things that they were arguing about in their marriage is like she wanted to have a passion project and he was corporate and was like no this is a waste of money we're going to we're going to lose our savings like and it was a horrible thing that she was involved in. So she went ahead and did it anyway. Um despite him got That's a lo- got got a loan from her her mother. Um so she funded it the mom funded it got a divorce and is absolutely crushing it. Like, like putting my numbers to shame and she's getting ready to open up a second location. And I'm actually going out this next week to, to help her. Um, and like, that makes me so much happier to see her be able to get out of a bad situation, be able to make money for herself and not have to rely on, you know, the patriarchy, I guess, which is me. But you know what I Woo! mean? Like, like
1: <laughs> Somebody took notes on the Barbie movie. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is great.
2: <laughs> but, but it's true. Like giving people the ability to like dictate their own future. Like for me to see that brings me 10 times more pleasure than like seeing my own company grow. Like financially, my corporate stores, I'm perfectly fine. I live a very, very comfortable life. But then to see, like, other people be like, oh, my gosh, Chad, this changed my life, like, in a serious way. And just to see her just, I mean, she is just crushing it. I'm kind of jealous of her about how good her stores are doing. And, like, she just needed a little bit of, like, help and guidance to get her on the right foot. And she's, she's doing great. So, like, ever since then, I'm like, that is so much better. And I'm like, how do I do this? And like ensure that they're going to be successful, and I think franchising was was the best way to do that. And yeah, and that's why that's that's what makes me that's what makes me smile and keeps me going. As long as they listen, as long as as they hear,
0: franchisor. Yes, you have to be you have to care. It can't just be about your corporate or the bottom line. Yes, all that stuff matters, but you pouring into other people. That's why you're going about it in the franchise model, and that's what people look for and. It's, yep. it's really yep. touching to hear the story about how you really changed her life and the trajectory of her life by yep. believing in her and pouring into her and, and setting her up with the systems for success. I'll I'll take the second part of that question. Sam told yeah. you we had two. We weren't going to let you off the hook. We've still got one left. For the sure. second part, uh, we always ask, you know, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received?
2: Oh, my goodness. Um, that's really, really difficult. I. I think actually the best piece of advice that I got actually was when I started my last business and, and not to knock the, you know, SBDC, small business development centers. uh, I actually had a mentor tell me that's a terrible idea. Don't do it. And in the back of my head, I was thinking, "What, what are you talking about? Like, no, this is a really good idea. And look, I grew that business to 13 locations and had a really, really successful exit. And I just learned from that, like, don't, don't listen to the naysayers. Like, like find the people that really like in you as a person and are going to support you and, and surround yourself with those types of people and forget about the people that are going to like question you. Or say, oh, that's not going to work. And do you know how many people told me, like, are you kidding me? An ice cream shop, like, you're never going to make money. And now they're looking at me and they're thinking, oh, shoot, ice cream. Actually, yeah, you can have a really good life. <laughs> like, like I'll be going to Maui next week, by the way, just so you know. Like, Woo! You know, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, you can you can have a really good life. Um, just just don't don't let people stop you from like achieving your dreams. Um, Yeah. Just listen to your own intuition and and just go for it. Why not? Why not? You got one life to live. Like just go for it.
1: There's the that's the title of this podcast, Why Mm -hmm. not with Stella's Ice Cream. I wait for it. Yeah during these podcasts. And it sometimes it comes in the middle and sometimes it comes in the end. And this is fantastic. I just so appreciate you joining us today and you know, sharing with our listeners the background, the exciting future that Stellas has and it just is. I'm just so impressed, Chad. And your your appreciate humbleness it. is so great too. I, I think being a servant leader, you don't have to say you're a servant leader when you are a servant leader. It's mm. so apparent with you, and I I really appreciate you sharing with us today and being on our podcast.
2: Yeah, that means that means the world to me. I, I appreciate that. So, thank you so much for having me. It's been it's been fun.
1: I hope so. Well, thank you for listening. If you want to learn more about Stella's Ice Cream or any brands or hot tips on the franchise industry, please visit us at FramPathConsulting.com. We are on all social platforms as FramPath. Thank you.